Welcome to Comedia del Cinema, the movie podcast where we talk about comedy movies and we talk about what makes them funny, who made them, and how they did at the box office. I'm one of your hosts, Emily Walborn. I'm your other host, Jordan Wolf. And today we are talking about the 2019 teen comedy, Booksmart. What kind of landscape did Booksmart come out in? What are the other comedy movies coming out in 2019? I'm surprised. There actually was a decent year in terms of, well, theatrical, and I feel like, you know, we're, we're right in the middle of streaming renaissance, lots of movies coming out via streaming service. Um, we've got Hustle, Good Boys, Jexy, Jojo Rabbit, Late Night, uh, The Laundromat, which was playing at the Vista for a long time. That's oh, Oderberg yeah. movie with Meryl Streep. Yeah. Missing Link, Dolomite Is My Name, Long Shot, Yesterday, Fighting With My Family, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Charlie's Angels, Always Be My Maybe, Big Time Adolescence, Wine Country, Little um murder mystery hustlers uh isn't it romantic stuber isn't it romantic stuber <laughs> it's always romantic stuber wow yeah a lot of bombs though <laughs> look a lot of comedies did come out but not nothing really made a mark no uh, i'd say i guess like book smart probably yeah made even though that was at the time talked about as quite a big box office fail when it came out. Yeah, little did okay, but little no one did okay. Little. That was that was an okay movie. It has a weird trans joke in it, doesn't it? Yeah, it, the kind of thing that was so weird that it kind of makes the whole movie feel weird because it's like well, it's 2019. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was strange. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, of course, very good. Yeah, Oscar winner. A lot Oscar of people winner. hate it. Oh. What oh. divisive movie. I suppose. Late Night was good. I like yeah. that one. Um, Hustle, we never saw. Good Boys. Also what's very... Hustle? That's uh, What's Hustle? That's the Anne Hathaway, Rebel Wilson oh, movie. Oh, that... I was getting that confused with the Sandler one. The basketball one from last year. And I oh. was like, that can't be 2019. What is this other Hustle? <laughs> Hustle. Oh, Hustles is the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels remake, essentially. And then there's Hustlers. And then there's Hustlers, which I said it was a com- I guess it is a comedy. I it, guess. Like, comedy, of, drama. I don't of. know. I don't know. I don't know. Same with, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't yeah. know. I guess. I guess. I don't know. He can be funny sometimes, I suppose. Yeah. Sometimes when a movie pushes three hours, I'm like... I feel like it's half a comedy at best. <laughs> right. It's not going to be wall-to-wall laughs, I suppose. No. No? I didn't find that one funny at all, I guess. so. But it was on the list of comedies. Did you say... Longshot, of course. Well, Longshot, which made more money than this movie, Booksmart, surprisingly. Beach Bum, I think, is 2019. Did Beach that Bum. Out? Beach Bum is... There's some good... Um, there's some good streaming ones that came out that year. Always Be My Maybe, mm-hmm. Greener Grass, Murder Mystery. Oh, yeah. Um, I added Cats on there. I don't. It's not supposed to be funny, but it certainly ended up being funny. Well, it's, according, you know, it's a Golden Globes musical or comedy. <laughs> exactly. 
And yeah, I liked it. Exactly. Um, okay, Booksmart 2019. It was, you know, if you'd lived in, for people who didn't live in L.A. at that time, this movie, I feel like, was treated like a big blockbuster here. Yes. Even though it kind of bombed. Yes. I mean, it bombed, but, like, it, it made money. It just wasn't a breakout. But we'll We'll, we'll get talk to about that. Because that, that's actually probably the most interesting part of the, mo- of the movie, I think. It's, yeah. like, the critical reception, the box office reception. Yeah. People taking to Twitter and such. That is kind of interesting part of its story. Yeah. It also makes you wonder, okay, uh, is is it the movie's fault if it can't if mm-hmm. it doesn't make money if it quadruples its budget but marketing mm-hmm. is so out of whack that to give a movie a wide release it has to cost way more right than it made to make it like i don't know i don't it's know complicated. yeah that's true that's true well how did this movie even come about well uh, you did a bit more research than me this time, so you're gonna maybe have to recall the specific white women who wrote this movie. <laughs> I believe the first draft was around 2010-ish from, yeah. uh, the, com- the comedy writing 2009. duo. Okay. Of Sarah Halpern? Oh. No? Emily Halpern. Ha- and Sarah, Sarah Haskins. Haskins? Yeah. Okay, so they wrote it, but it was, it was pretty 2009 i think in its conception the concept was a little different they were trying to were they trying to get boyfriends before prom or something i think uh, getting dates for prom Mm. it was around the getting passed around on the blacklist which similar to another 2019 movie late night Mm. blacklist for those that don't know um well it started out as like an annual list of the best unproduced scripts that were made that were read that year by like assistants and executives and other people who read a lot of scripts that come through and that's still the big thing that happens every year Mm -hmm. that guy also founded a platform that's good and bad that can be a place for people to get their work evaluated by other people who are trying to break in to the industry which is the case with pretty much every site like that but the annual blacklist is a big deal usually you're already repped or a big screenwriter Mm -hmm. but if you're not it can be huge for you make career making yeah um so in 2009 it was on the blacklist getting passed around that way and then um 2014 Susanna Fogel, which is the next writer on this, mm-hmm. rewrote the screenplay, uh, making one of the leads a lesbian, which, wow. you know, we find out now was Caitlin Deaver's character, mm-hmm. Amy? Amy. Yes. Amy and... Amy and <laughs> Pauline. <laughs> oh, God. Well, hey, everyone. They, we can't we can't remember everything about every movie we've ever seen. Uh, Amy and Molly. Mo- no, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so, and also revising it so that they're they're going to an after prom party, <clears throat> which actually ends up not being the case in this mm-hmm. in this version, but changing Caitlin Deaver's character to be 
I guess, gay and them going to a party probably mm-hmm. earns her credit on that rewrite. Enough changed. Probably, because there was probably <laughs> more, you know, I imagine that um, required quite a lot of changes for the Caitlin Deaver yeah. character. Yeah. Um, and then following those um, rewrites, Anna Purna purchases this screenplay partners with Gloria Sanchez production mm-hmm. two companies where we both interned at yeah. <laughs> um, we each interned at a different one of those places mm. they pitched it then to Olivia Wilde who agreed to sign on um, and then she brought on Kate Silberman for revisions and from let's see from what I could tell, they explored it, the kind of main, Katie Silver, Silverman kind of brought the the main emotional arc of the friendship of, well, I not I guess of the friendship, mm-hmm. but of the, I guess the catalyst for them going to the party of what if you work really hard in high school to get into an Ivy League school, but then you realize all, all the kids that partied don't work as hard and still got into the ivy leagues it's the kind of evergreen (coughs) relatable concept that kids from all high schools can relate to of (laughs) you and everyone you know is going to an ivy league school yeah it's definitely uh specific to states that aren't rural (laughs) yeah which we both went to rural high schools where one person every four to five years gets to go to an Ivy League school because they accept one to two people from your state to go every year yeah for us in in North Dakota it was every four or five years someone gets waitlisted at like Dartmouth (laughs) uh in South Dakota I think people every once in a while would actually go because it was that's a bigger yeah anyway she updates the movie to what which makes me wonder what what was it was always called Booksmart, but two words. Oh, can you like that to me is actually quite interesting. I wonder what the decision behind making it one word was because I don't know. I kind of like it. it's two words. I don't know. It seems like it would more be about books if it were two words to me. Mm, instead of like a, an adjective yeah interesting like books would have to be relevant somehow and well they play a major role in the movie they well a third title was talked about that would have changed the story entirely same mm-hmm. letters book smart they were gonna work at a bookstore book, at a bookmart yep a library. um in the in the revisions that olivia wilde wanted to do with Katie Silberman, she pitched, um, Olive, well, let's see. There was two things I thought were kind of interesting. First was she envisioned a drug trip where the girls turned into Barbie dolls and gave, gave, uh, Katie Silberman the responsibility of where to incorporate it into the story. Hmm. I, I think that's maybe the worst sequence in the movie just because yeah, it is, it doesn't really have a place. Um, and then the other thing was, according to Katie Silverman, she says that Olivia's mantra to all of us was that high school is war. And that's what I, they based I it on. I read that, and I didn't really see I that. I didn't understand that, because then I read a, a different interview with Jessica Elbaum. Elbaum. 
who's one of the producers, Katie Silver, well, like four of the writers, and Olivia Wilde, and then Beanie and Caitlin, mm-hmm. and they said that the whole message of the movie is to empower young women to support each other and have each other's back and that was like the main message that they wanted to get across in the movie so it's kind of confusing that the mantra is high school is war that would fit in for mean girls Mm -hmm. doesn't really feel relevant here because for the most part every if anything it's like beanie thinks it is at first and Mm. and fundamentally she's wrong and everyone else has been chilling the whole time yeah yeah uh apparently caitlin deaver and beanie feldstein lived together for 10 months to for this movie for this movie so that they could build a real friendship hmm. yeah well that they do have chemistry as, i think as they do friends, have yeah. really good chemistry uh it seems pretty wild to me but 10 months no 10 weeks sorry. oh 10 weeks i was like at that point you might as well have just signed a lease for a year <laughs> That would be pretty extreme. That would be Daniel Day-Lewis stuff. Yeah. Um, He was actually considered for Molly Gordon's role in the movie. (laughs) Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, You also got Skylar Gisando. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got um, uh, Billy Lord. Uh, Mason Gooding Jr. Mm -hmm. Well, Mason Gooding. I don't know if. Yes, the junior in there. Uh, Jay Suds, the former hubby to Miss Wilde, and Jessica Williams, our teachers, very highly billed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Willie. Mike O'Brien gets a gets a special title card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Exciting. He's quite funny. Um, Will Forte, Lisa Kudrow, pretty pretty big cast, honestly. Eduardo Franco, who's always pretty funny and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I feel like our our headline here. I mean, big picture headline. I think for both of us is it's a bummer that this movie doesn't age as well as the first time we saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we've seen it three times in total since twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. And. Each time, it's been less successful than the time before. I still don't think it's yeah. bad. It's, uh, I do think it's well directed, mm-hmm. for the most part. But the, you can really feel all the different scripts in it. Yeah, I don't. It definitely doesn't benefit from having so many writers. I think it, even though obviously the drafts were so far apart from each other, mm-hmm. you think you can kind of feel lot of different brains putting stuff into it mm-hmm yeah the um i don't know it the, the balance isn't struck quite right between between the yeah. duo well before we get really deep into the um nitty-gritty of the movie briefly what is it about it's about molly and amy two lifelong friends who are about to graduate high school and they're going to ivy's in the fall except for caitlin deaver who's going to africa and then going to college mm-hmm. um who realized that all of their uh peers were also are going to very good colleges 
despite the fact that they enjoyed their time during high school. Mm -hmm. So, upon making this dire realization, Molly and Amy uh, embark on a night of parties, trying to get to this one big party where their respective crushes are. Along the way, they go to other parties, things get wacky. Uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter, pretty funny. Mm-hmm. She, well, she, I used to think she was funnier. Now I'm like... Such a cliche yeah. bit part. I don't know. We'll, well talk about it. Well, I, I feel like it's... I'll give her some respect because I think all the character has is the presence that she brings to it. I agree. Which I'm I agree. like... It's nothing it's on her be, performance. Yeah. I think it, as a character... We'll talk about it in a minute. But finish, go ahead and finish. Um, yeah, they try and pull a... A weird move with her character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they have the the perfunctory fight, and then they make up, yeah. and they graduate. Yes, that's pretty much it. Well, Caitlin Deaver also at the end oh, takes yeah. the fall for the whole party, gets thrown into jail for the night, mm-hmm. um, and then Molly bails her out and they go to graduation. Yeah, and the end. Yeah. If they're if you're gonna go the whole prison route, Molly should have broken her out. Because at that point you have a big silly set piece like that. Don't have your character go home and then the fall ne- asleep <laughs> and the next day come get your friend out of it. That's silly. Yeah, brutal. Brutal friendship where she leaves her to get arrested. <laughs> like we were both so surprised that that <laughs> happened that way. I never registered that. In, previ- in previous viewings of this, yeah. that Molly literally leaves her. That's crazy. Despite, I mean, they did have a big fight, but still I feel like regardless, it's like, that's your ride or die. Yeah. You're going to go back and find them. Yeah. That's, I mean, and if anything, that's your big... um that's your big re- reconciliation moment. Like, that's... Like, well, sort of like it is in Superbad super bad with the, you bailed on me. Like... Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. when he's carrying Ra- oh, yeah. down the street. Yeah. You know? Yeah. After the party gets busted. Yeah. If you're gonna... If you're going to use the majority of the plot beats from Superbad, you really could... Could use some of the better ones as well. I think. Yeah. It, yes, and so the plot is essentially super bad. It's it's another all in one day. Go, let's go to a party, talk to our crushes, and our friendship might change. And for some reason, yeah. yeah, it's what's frustrating about this movie is I think like the the potential that it has to be such its own thing. Mm-hmm. But kind of in rewatching it over the past couple of years, it just what felt fresh in 2019 has become emblematic of of comedies of this yeah. time where it's like these perfunctory beats that we have to hit about high schoolers going to parties and their friendship decaying and mm-hmm. we have to have the the end of two act two fight between the two of them and we have to have a drug trip and we have to um have you know a crush who turns out to not be 
the person they thought they were, mm. and then they both, you know, go after someone they didn't think they'd like, and we have to have this weird party they go to, and, you know, it's like, mm. it just feels like it regurgitates so many tropes of comedies mm-hmm. that it can't really stand on its own. Yeah, there are there are original elements to the movie, but it's it doesn't utilize them well enough to feel anything no. but like a well cast um but kind of derivative update of the same kind of movie that we've been seeing for a long and time. And unless literally using the little sister of <laughs> yeah. of Jonah Hill in playing the essentially the updated version of his character right i mean like uh, while their perspectives are wildly different wildly different they do serve the same narrative purpose especially in relation to their more mild-mannered mm-hmm. friend and constantly kind of pressuring them to do mm-hmm. what they want um and sort of dictating their future together mm-hmm. it, it's too similar to be honest like mm-hmm. and the same with so many of the beats of different people driving them it sometimes just feels like updated takes on the joe latruglio super mm-hmm. bad parts or some a little bit of the cops mm-hmm. um like specifically what you know caitlin deeper's character at the end that's basically the mclovin beat yeah at the end of super bad and like going back to carrie fisher's daughter Billy Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that character really feels like just what every comedy has nowadays of just this weird person that just kind of hangs around um, mm-hmm. and like says random stuff, pops up everywhere, you know, it, yeah. like always on pushing drugs on the main characters yeah. and oops. You guys didn't know that there was a very powerful drug in that thing I just gave you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I don't know, it just feels so, and maybe that's because we're now four years further into these comedies maybe. that regurgitate a lot of this stuff, yeah. where it just feels like, maybe it felt a bit fresher in 2019, but now it just really does feel like it's yeah, just an iteration of everything else. I think it did feel more fresh then, but uh, yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know. There were also blinders on in terms of like, we were all, um, by we I mean just like film, you know, mm-hmm. people. Like, we were all so excited, mm-hmm. I think. And in the moment, there was enough going for it that it didn't feel like a letdown. Mm-hmm. But with time, you can see it's not quite as tightly constructed yeah as it seemed like because just because of the energy like there yeah i don't know you, you had they delved a lot deeper into some of these characters mm-hmm. could have been something more fresh like i think skylar gizondo's character very interesting um but it's almost like they wanted to do a full-on dazed and confused kind mm-hmm. of sprawling ensemble thing which you have the cast to yeah. do but that they was don't one quite of go the for it influences for uh, quite a few of their writers and olivia wilde interesting i believe um oh. yeah and in addition to a lot of john hughes clueless mm-hmm. 
those kinds of movies. Yeah. Um, what I will say is that a lot of a lot of people, especially women, mm-hmm. um, like this movie. I think it it fits into the movement around this time of like best friend female best friend duo Mm -hmm. media broad city pen 15 Mm -hmm. like it it does really fit into that kind of era um yeah it i think it kind of lacks a little bit of specificity that those other ones have i think in terms of voice and comedic style but i think a lot of people recognize that in this movie and enjoy it for that reason um i i think a lot they gave a lot of uh paid a lot of attention to subverting a lot of these classic Mm. high school tropes like i was reading a piece where you know the writer was talking about how much they loved that the makeover getting ready for the party scene wasn't them getting into short dresses and high heels but into yeah. jumpsuits and tennis shoes mm-hmm. like and um that it wasn't really paying attention to clicks but a wide array of high schoolers and that come from different backgrounds and um, olivia wilde and the other and the writers were talking about how important it was to them that the message was really to like promote that girls should um, support each other and that you shouldn't judge people and that there's always more to like the popular kids or the girl that you call roadside assistance mm-hmm. who gives blowjobs to people you know like there's always more to their story than than you're allowing them mm-hmm. so i think in those regards it does try to do something unique there i think it just what what is cool about those things doesn't necessarily come through in the whole movie mm-hmm. and it just kind of lacks hard jokes in my opinion i think it lacks hard jokes and and a bit of depth because yeah. i think you, you know the things you just mentioned are really what work about this whole movie but it's also mostly things that are like um uh, great surface things mm-hmm. that you know are really additive but can't be a whole movie right by themselves um like the the twisting of all all the subversions that's nice but there's got to be a little bit more Mm -hmm. of a core there like i think if you look at the ending a lot of movies lately are just so i think averse to even allowing comedies to have more difficult Mm -hmm. emotions like the ending of of super bad is kind of a little bit complicated and it's funny but it's sweet and sad here it's like we can't quite let that those feelings happen because it has to end on a hype note of actually they're bffs and they're gonna go hang out right now right which is maybe fitting for their kind of attachment style but Mm -hmm. doesn't really serve them as characters no. Or allow the audience to feel any catharsis for this being an ending point of a relationship that it kind of needs to feel like. Right. Yeah, I think I think you're right cuz I think with with super bad and look, I, you know, I don't 
like to say any movie is the female version of whatever other movie, mm-hmm. but this is quite literally just an updated super <laughs> like mm-hmm. it is just mostly the same plot. Um, but yep. it, I think what's different, what works about Superbad, is that you like, even if you aren't a teenage boy, you're like, oh, why would they tell each other they love them mm-hmm. and like why? Mm-hmm. Of course, they're just gonna like raz each other all day long and and kind of fight about stuff all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, it's like their whole relationship is so supportive and so emotional that it 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 just feels so forced when they fight, mm-hmm. and it feels like that that comes almost out of nowhere. It feels like, and then it. Even though Beanie is Beanie's character is pretty obnoxious during the whole movie, <laughs> but yeah, but then and then it doesn't really give you any chance to see that play out mm-hmm. because Caitlin Deaver gets arrested and Beanie goes to sleep, and then <laughs> and then when they meet again, they're totally fine. Yeah, yeah, because it's like well. I had lots of fights with my friends in high school, you know, right. even the ones that I was closest to. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can't remember what they're about now, but they're usually about stupid things. And why couldn't that play out for longer in the movie? Right. They're not honoring those as real emotions, really. No. It's more just a function of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. You You made a good point about lacking heart jokes. There are not as many as you would think. There really aren't. I feel like there's a couple of good ones at the beginning of the movie, like the first 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And then, it I don't know, it becomes, it becomes like pleasant mm-hmm. to watch, but it's, it's not, I think maybe it's, we're coming off the heels of Tina Fey, one of the greatest joke writers, in my opinion, um, and Seth Rogen and Evan... Goldberg, Goldberg, who are also incredible joke writers. Mm -hmm. We just saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Laughed our butts off. There's a lot of good jokes in that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I I don't think that there are... There's quite enough attention being paid to, like, the comedy comedy of this movie. Like, the the dialogue, line-to-line jokes. Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot of set pieces and, and, you know, situations that are funny or cringy or whatever it is but it's not like line to line joke yeah there's not a single joke in here that's as funny as the mounds joke in um blockers <laughs> in blockers blockers is very funny yeah blockers is a is like a hard comedy yeah look i at the time i tweeted about being excited for Booksmart, but saying hey don't don't forget about blockers k cannon yeah. like the tweet yeah Look, Kit Cannon, I mean, 30 Rock writer. Yeah, a writer of some uh, iffy Pitch Perfect movie scripts. But, <laughs> but, but, but the thing, with, the thing jokes. With, with Pitch Perfect is that it actually has, like, out-and-out jokes. Yeah, they might be jokes that feel more fitting on, like, an episode of Mind of Mencia or, like, yeah. a Comedy Central roast from 2009. Yes. But they are jokes. Yeah, whereas with Booksmart, it just feels like it's it's paying a lot of attention to like an overall theme and an overall message but mm-hmm. not necessarily character and and jokes yeah they even though like i don't love the beat of them you know, like just because it's so telegraphed 
but like them, you know, watching porn while their mm. principal is driving. That's, I think, an er- the kind of area where they could have done more things yeah. like that that would have been genuine jokes focused on sort of discomfort of being right uh, an adolescent put into certain situations like kind of yeah. basic you know. it kind of like uh more of an indie coming of age mm-hmm. like uh hmm. mm-hmm. you know like oh that was funny yeah you know yeah kind of vibe rather than very true. comparing it to it, it's hard i guess too when you compare it to super bad because it is such a hard comedy mm-hmm. that's true well, but i feel like ladybird has more jokes in this movie <laughs> it's it's possible when, when she jumps out of the car that's pretty funny i mean she says a lot of crazy shit she does shit a lot of crazy like, shit but i will say like something i think that made me laugh pretty hard in this was after the drug trip when they're they're in like we see what they look like when they think they're dolls mm-hmm. that i mean that was a pretty good visual gag and like yeah, if they had true. done if they maybe hadn't animated it but we or like we cut in and out of yeah it being animated that to could be really, yeah. them just like flopping around on the ground yeah that could have made it pretty different and fun but it's like and just enough with the drug trips i even saw in the trailer for trolls 3 it looks like there's a drug trip maybe we need to do an episode specifically about drug trips i think we could do a history of drug trips and comedies yeah in modern comedies modern comedies because otherwise we'd have to go back to reefer madness true well how did this movie do um Okay, okay. Well, um, there, I know there's a lot of fans. I know you love this movie. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's great. If we had m- more time, we'd probably spend more time on the things we like about this movie as well. We're only focusing on a lot I of the we things did. we didn't. Yeah, we okay. did like we did. We did talk about stuff yeah. that made us laugh and just, that we yeah. thought was good. Don't want anyone to feel to feel bad because I know a no, lot of people no, who it, like this movie. No, but, and I mean. Look, and I think it's hard because we com- we're literally comparing it to Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Mean Girls, and Mean Super Girls, Bad. and Superbad, yeah. which are all you know. Well, I mean, Ferris Bueller not written by like a comedy writer, although he wrote yeah. for yeah, National Lampoon, and yeah. um, but like out and out comedy writers. Mm. And then next week we're talking about Romeo and Michelle, which is like a very hard comedy. Very true. Um, but anyway, this movie. On a budget of six million, made like twenty-two domestic, mm-hmm. made a small chunk of change overseas, with a wide release. That's a pretty poor showing, but mm-hmm. also it was Annapurna trying to do wide releases. Mm-hmm. They probably should have partnered with a bigger studio, done more of a rollout release, and you change up a few things, and this movie makes only ten more million. And it's, mm-hmm. and if it's treated as an indie instead of a studio comedy. Everyone acts like it's the breakout indie hit of the summer. Yes. A lot of these things are all optics and whatever narratives have been spun by the trade successfully or not. Mm-hmm. Annapurna wasn't in the fold there. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I'm sure they, they were expecting and wanted a lot more. But in hindsight, I don't think its performance is as bad as they well, actually Well, and it was over Memorial Day weekend, which Aladdin also came out that weekend, I believe, which mm-hmm. is really hard to beat for memorial weekend and then yeah and then there was a bit of controversy around well not controversy but discussion around olivia wilde tweeting like hey don't let us get left behind 
uh, we're up against all these big dogs, go see the movie, and then, mm. you know, yeah. which is, you know, kind of implying, like, hey, if you want more movies by female directors, right. like, go see this movie. and Which isn't totally wrong. Not to totally honest, wrong, you know. but then, you know, it sparked a discussion of, like... If we have to... You know, is that... Should that be or... And then other people saying, like, well, it's not really fair to pit it against a movie with people of color that are the leads and you know and it's it just becomes quite a twitter discussion something that's yeah yeah, not helpful to anybody but you know aladdin is if nothing else uh, a vehicle for social change for for people (laughs) of color um it's like it's done so much the lead actor has gotten so many auditions from being a star (laughs) i think uh i think it's an interesting movie I think a lot of people saw it as maybe Gen Z's teen comedy, inclusive and um, diverse, although it is pretty white. Pretty white. Um, but I guess maybe in terms of like sexuality. Mm. Yeah. But it's, uh, I think we're, we're still waiting for one that hits the hard comedy and is, is for this next generation. Diary of a Wimpy Kid reboot. <laughs> sold graduation movie about okay, end of high school graduation for Rowley and uh, what's his the main guy Greg Greg uh, worst part is Greg's valedictorian no Greg wouldn't be valedictorian Greg has the cheese touch so he can't even go to graduation yeah yeah and Rowley has COVID <laughs> <laughs> I always liked Rowley he was cute in the comic I thought it was funny that Greg didn't like him very much, and they were best friends. They were best friends. I know. Well, there's a whole book about that, and how mean he is, and how Rowley was, was like, really sad about how mean Greg is to him. You know, that's fair. Yeah, he's really mean. Yeah. And he's his only friend. I know. Well, anyway. anyway what's next week? Next week is Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, the classic comedy. A perfect five. Yeah. A perfect five stars. We'll leave info on where you can find us in the description. And we'll see you next time. Bye.